the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to jump quickly in our Bibles. Amen. I'm going to ask you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Amen. And you probably already know where I'm going. We say Deuteronomy chapter 6. I think it's right, amen, that we talk about what we're going to talk about tonight and do so frequently. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. I'm going to read two verses and then I'll let you be seated. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And if you turn back a few pages to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. Exodus, chapter 20. Verse 1. It says, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God. It did not say we. It said I. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And verse 3 says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Amen. I'm going to attempt, amen, to teach tonight. On this thought, our God is one. Yes. Our God is one. Amen. Let's pray one more time and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit, God. Thank you for your presence. I pray, God, that you would anoint me, Lord, as, Lord, just this, this vessel of clay and mud, God, to speak to your people. I'm nothing without you, God, but with you. God, all things are possible. Speak through me and speak to your people. And God, I pray you would help us to have a better understanding of who you are tonight. God, speak to us. Help us to get this tonight. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen. Our God is one. That's my title tonight. Amen. I have taught on this uh, topic a few times before, amen, and tonight I did not, in my preparation, I did not take an old message and modify, I just started from scratch, amen, so I hope it's not all over the place, but we're going to have a good time, and I would advise you tonight, amen, tonight would be a good night to have your Bible, and if you need a pen, there's pens at the front, Uh, call it a kiosk, call it a desk, whatever you want to call it, cabinet. Kiosk sounds nicer, but uh, if you want to grab a pen, man, I just want you to have some scriptures and be able to just jot some stuff down, underline some verses of your Bible, amen. Your Bible through the years should look like a book that's been read. Dare I say even used and abused, amen. Some of the Bibles, uh, my Bible at home. Uh, I stopped bringing it to church because I would open the Bible and pages would start falling out. And 
it was kind of embarrassing. I mean, it's nice to have a Bible that is used, uh, but my Bible just falling apart. So I said, I'll just make that my at-home study Bible. It's got all the marks and highlights and re-highlights because the old highlights faded. And you know the story, amen. So I got my church Bibles and my home Bible. Uh, but our Bibles should be books that are used and read and, and, uh, and digested. I think it was in Revelation. He said, eat the book. Amen. Digest it. Get it, in, get it in your heart. Get it in your spirit. America has a widespread acceptance of the teaching of the Trinity. Meaning that there are three separate and distinct persons in the Godhead. Which are co-equal, co-equal co-eternal, and co-existent. This is a prevalent uh, mindset uh, within people. Here in 2021. Amen. People that uh, oftentimes talk about the Holy Trinity and, and all the different things as it relates to the Trinity. Uh, we'll talk later about that, but if you're ever curious, get you a concordance and go find the word Trinity and see how many times it's listed in the Bible. That's right. There are many polytheistic religions in the world today. Polytheistic meaning the belief that there are multiple gods. Um, however, the Bible or the Word of God throughout Scripture declares boldly and consistently without fail uh, that there is one God. This is monotheism or the belief that there's one God. A Trinitarian, and we're not going to bash and and and. and in that, that manner tonight, but I'm just trying to give you some definitions uh, as we begin into the study tonight. A Trinitarian is one who believes in three gods. An atheist is one who doesn't believe in any gods. However, the one God throughout the Old Testament was known progressively by many different descriptions, but the name of God was given in the New Testament. Jesus was the name that was revealed as the name of God in the New Testament. Jesus was God with us according to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. When the uh, angel spoke to Mary and said a virgin uh, shall be with the, the prophecy was a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which being interpreted is God with us. Amen. So Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. And we'll see that a little bit more today. You say, well, why is it important that we talk about these things? And it was a famous, uh, if, if you will, theologian, uh, writer by the name of G.K. Chesterton that made the statement. One of the great mistakes of the modern world is the habit of preaching a vague duty of fighting without preaching any doctrine to fight about. Amen. He said that the great mistake of the modern world was preaching in this vague realm of fighting, uh, but not really understanding what you're fighting against or fighting for. And tonight I feel it is imperative and of utmost importance that we revisit a topic tonight uh, that makes us who we are and what we are tonight. If you've ever visited maybe a famous barbecue house or a restaurant and you say, well, what makes 
this so special and they begin to tell you about maybe the process of what they go through to make the ribs what they are so tasty and then they, they will give you the phrase, it's the secret sauce. It's, it's in the sauce. It's that thing that makes it special and, and just unlike anything else. And I begin thinking, it's, and it's maybe a little bit of a shallow comparison, but what we're going to talk about tonight is a secret sauce. It is what makes this church what it is. Amen. This church is founded on the con- not, not even just the concept, but the understanding and the revelation that our God is one. Amen. Our God is not two. We don't believe in a dualistic God. We don't believe in a, in a tritheistic God or in three gods. We don't believe as, as the Hindus believe in, in just many gods and, and all of the, the, everything's a God and Egypt, everything was a God and was to be worshipped and, and sacrificed. But we believe that there's one God. And this one God deserves all of our praise, all of our worship, our undivided attention. This one God, amen, says, I want all of your worship, and I want all of your praise, and I'll not share it with any other God. Amen. So let's just dive in, and I want to direct your attention to the book of Malachi. Brother Noah's going to have to have have some fast fingers tonight on the keyboard. Malachi chapter 2 and verse number 10. Malachi chapter 2 and verse number 10. You cannot just talk about the oneness of God. You've got to actually read about the oneness of God for yourself. Amen. Amen. Malachi chapter 2 and verse 10. Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profane the covenant of our fathers? But those first few lines says, Have we not all one Father, and hath not one God created us? Amen. This scripture in the book of Malachi chapter 2 and verse 10 tells us, Amen. And it, and it alludes to the fact that he is Father in creation. Trinitarians will point, and those that believe in uh, more than one God will point to the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Go there in your Bible. Amen. There's going to be a lot of flipping of the pages tonight. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. And this is the story of creation. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our Image after our likeness. And this scripture has oftentimes been misinterpreted to say, uh, to, and, and people will say, well, this shows that there's, this is God the Father talking to God the Son. The only problem is God the Son wasn't revealed until the New Testament. And if you keep reading your Bible, and here's the thing I want to point out to you, let's say, you're here tonight, you're like, man, I'm not going to remember all these scriptures. And if somebody throws the scripture at me, I'm going to have a hard time trying to explain it because I don't fully get it. Let me give you a little pro tip. Anytime someone gives you one scripture, start at the beginning of the chapter and read the whole thing through. And you'll, it'll make sense that way. Because the same thing happens in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Someone says, well, this scripture here shows that there's more than one God. It says, let us... Make man in our image after our likeness. But keep reading. 
and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Not they, them. In the image of God created he, him. Male and female created he, them. Don't get those words mixed up. Amen. It was one God that created the heavens and the earth. Amen. We just read Malachi 2 and 10. Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? You could even continue to say, well, what was happening here in Genesis chapter 1? And verse 26, and I would direct your attention to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little bit of time tonight. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11 says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of of his own will. This is what was happening in the book of Genesis 1 and 26. He was working things after the counsel of his own will. Isaiah chapter 45 and 12 also harkens back to what happened in Genesis 1 and 26. We're doing a little puzzle here tonight. and I'm trying to put the pieces together for you if you will. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 12 records the words of our God saying like this. I have made the earth, not we, not us. I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens and all their host have I commanded. If Genesis 1 and 26 was talking about more than one God, then Isaiah 45 and 12 would be wrong. But it's not. In fact, what we read in Ephesians 1 and 11 and Isaiah 45 and 12, amen, helps us to have a better understanding of what happened in the creation account. It was one God that made the heavens and the earth, amen, and he spoke the word, Amen. And he worked all things after the counsel of his own will. Finally, Isaiah 44 and verse 24, the Lord says, Amen. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. God did it all by himself. He did not require the assistance of a second God, uh, a second person in the Godhead. He did not require the assistance of a third person in the Godhead, but he had the power to do it all by himself. There is one God, and his name is Jesus. Our God is one tonight. Amen. One thing to understand in Scripture as we look at the New Testament And we see the person of Jesus Christ. It is imperative that we understand that he was all God and all man at the self-same moment. 
Jesus was all God and all man at the self-same moment. Let me give you some scriptures, for example. In Luke 2 and 52, it records that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature. But yet in John chapter 16 and verse number 30, it said, Thou knowest, knowest thou all things. How is it that he at one moment could be increased in wisdom and in stature, and on the other hand, knowing all things? Except he was all God and all man at the self-same moment. Additionally, as a man, we see him weeping over Lazarus in John chapter 11 and verse 35. In the words, Jesus wept. And yet in verse 35, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Amen. How is it, amen, that at one moment he could be weeping over the sad death of Lazarus. And in the next moment he could be shouting, Lazarus, come forth with all power and authority. Because he was all God and all man at the self-same time. In the book of Isaiah chapter 9, I'm just gonna, we're going to go through lots of different verses. I'm going to wait. Let's, let's all turn here. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. This is a more powerful scripture than maybe you've previously realized. This scripture right here gives you all you need, really. It says, this is the prophet Isaiah, saying, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son, everyone shout son. son. A son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, shout counselor. counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, say Father. Father. The Prince of Peace. Within the words in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, you see the Son, the Father, the Holy Ghost, all wrapped up in one person. It talks about a son is given. The son's name was, he's going to be called Counselor, synonymous with the Holy Ghost. His name's going to be called the Everlasting Father. How could a son be a father, be the, be the counselor all at the same time? It's not three different beings, three different persons. It's the same God revealing himself in different ways. He has revealed himself. We read it a little moment ago in Isaiah. He's the father in creation. He is the son in redeeming lost humanity. Amen. In the person of Jesus Christ. And he is the Holy Ghost in regeneration. Amen. This is how these are different offices that he fulfilled. And ways in which he executed his mission on the earth. Amen. And so Isaiah 9 and 6. Here God is called a son, a father, and the counselor in one sentence. This is because the name of the father is Jesus. John chapter 5 and 43, Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. The name of the Son is Jesus. 
Because Matthew 1 and 21 states, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. That's not hard to figure out. But the name of the Holy Ghost, or that comforter, is also Jesus. Because John chapter 14 and verse 26 says it like this, But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, Amen. And, and the, the scripture will continue. But the point I'm trying to show in John 14, 26 is that the name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus. And the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. And the name of God is Jesus. It's all, as, as one scripture says, it's all in Him. Right. The fullness of the God is, is all in Jesus. Amen. Amen. This is these are important things, and maybe uh, to to an outsider or someone new, it might sound like, well, what's what's this really all about? What's this? What's the big deal? What's the importance of this? Amen. Uh, Micah chapter five and verse two is another scripture that talks about Jesus or the coming Messiah that was to come and to redeem God's people. Amen. Back to back to Him. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 is a prophecy. It says it like this. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee, amen, out of Bethlehem, this is where Jesus was born. This is a prophecy about Jesus' birth. Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel. Talking about that Messiah, it says, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. This is only because Jesus, amen, was not some, uh, is not some fictitious second person in the Godhead, but Jesus was the God of the Old Testament, revealed in the New. Amen. That is why Michael could say, amen, out of the Bethlehem Ephrata is going to come forth something that's been from of old, from everlasting. It's the revealing, amen, of our God in Jesus. Hallelujah. When you looked at Jesus, if you were privileged, amen, if we, those that had the privilege to be here on, the, on, the, on this earth, amen, as Jesus walked in, and through his earthly ministry, amen, when they looked at Jesus, they did not see a second person of the Godhead. They did not see, amen, something different from God. Amen. They did not see a second God. But when they looked at Jesus, they were looking at the face of God. They were looking at God himself. Isaiah chapter 44 and verse number 6 says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. And besides me, there is no God. Amen. Now, we're going to give you lots of scriptures tonight because I want this to be ingrained in your heart and in your thinking, your mind. Amen. That there is just one God and his name is Jesus. Amen. There's not other gods in the Godhead. There's not other gods that we should be serving or worshiping. But you know what? It makes it simpler. It makes it easy because when you come to an altar like this, you can lift up your hands and you can talk to one person. You can talk to one God. You ain't got to uh, have your prayer multiplied times three as you spend the first little bit talking to the Father and then share your time talking to the Son the next and then wrap up your time of prayer talking to the Holy Ghost. But you can do it talking to Amen. You can talk.
talk to God all at one moment when you talk to Jesus. Amen. That's why we make a big deal about the name of Jesus. Because the name of Je- the name of God is not Father. The name of God is not Son. The name of God is not the Holy Ghost. But the name of God tonight is Jesus. And when I call on the name of Jesus, amen, my sins are washed away in the waters of baptism. When I call on the name of Jesus, demons have to flee. When I call the name of Jesus, sickness has to leave. When I call the name of Jesus, there's peace that overtakes the confusion in my mind. And I'm thankful that I have that revelation of who God is tonight. Hallelujah. I'm not confused when I pray. I'm not confused when I sing. I'm not confused when I preach. But I know who I'm preaching about. And I know who I'm singing about. And I know who I'm praying to. Amen. I'm talking to God. I'm talking to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. His name is Jesus. And I'm thankful. And there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Isaiah 45, verses 5 through 6. Amen. We're going to give your thumbs a workout, flipping through pages or pushing buttons on your phone and going to different scriptures. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 5. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I hope that simplifies it, makes it real clear, real easy. Amen. You know what? This message that we're teaching tonight is something, again, as I I reflect back to the opening statement, there's so many in the world today, even in America, that talk about the Trinity. They talk about the three gods. They talk about Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Amen. Different religions. Amen. We'll cite in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost as they pray. Amen. Not knowing that or not really even realizing that Father's not a name. It never has been a name. Though my daughter calls me daddy, daddy's not my name. Though my brother calls me bro, that's not my name. My dad used to call me son. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a sign of wisdom. Amen. You ain't got to remember the name. You just call him son. You get it right every time. <laughs> son wasn't my name. My name is Nathaniel. Yeah. And father is not a name. Son's not a name. Holy Ghost is not a name. The name is Jesus. Yeah. Amen. It's a big deal tonight. It's a big deal tonight. Yeah. Isaiah 45. I am the Lord. There is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord. There is none else. You know, the book of Isaiah is chock full of scriptures like this. Where it's over and over and over and over again. I am the Lord. There is none else. I did it by myself. My own hand did it. Nobody else helped me. And it's just God almost like kind of bragging, saying, hey, just so you know, there's only one God. I'm the God. Amen. I don't, I don't need help. Amen. I don't need help in creation. I, I didn't consult, amen, a band of uh, demigods. I didn't consult a, uh, another, another God uh, on another planet. I did it all by myself. And I like that because I know when I call when I call on him, we're saying that when I call on your name, 
I know that he is able to do it all by himself. Hallelujah. He doesn't have to request help. He ain't got to put in a purchase requisition. He can just speak a word. And he has all power. He has all authority. And he will do his will if I will call on his name tonight. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. These are some New New Testament verses. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. In case there's people thinking, well, that was just one God in the Old Testament. But when you move to the New, amen, there's more that develop. And and there's other things that begin to happen. That's not the case because you can read through the New Testament. 1 Timothy 2 and 5 says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9 Talking about the Lord. It says for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Jesus dwells all of the Godhead. Not a part of the Godhead. Not one third of the Godhead. Not 50% of the Godhead. But in Jesus dwells all of the Godhead bodily. In Jesus. He's one. 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. God was in Christ. God was in Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Hope those pens are moving. Highlighters going. Amen. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. I've heard this scripture used before. To be the, the last stop of the Trinitarian argument when they can't explain no more. They say, well, great is the mystery of godliness. We just don't know how it all works. This is what we believe in. That's just, it's just a mystery. But keep reading. Right. Pro tip, keep reading. Every time you see, you may feel like you're stumped. Amen. Maybe Sister Nancy, you're talking to a, a neighbor, a family member, and they start, what about this scripture? Man, he's got me. No. Start at verse 1 right. and read the whole chapter. Right. And it'll answer the question oftentimes. Because as you keep reading 1 Timothy 3 and 16, it says God, it tells you the mystery. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. God manifesting himself in the flesh does not in any way indicate that the Godhead was comprised of a plurality of persons. But it shows us rather that God came to where we were. Yes, amen. What kind of man do you think I am if I would say, man, I love you so much, Paul. I'm a, he's my brother. Brother Paul, I'm going to cause my daughter, Lene, to die for you. You would say, well, you're a, you're a whatever you want to fill the blank. That's, just, that's what most people think. God loved us so much and they go to, I think it's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved us so much, he said, I'm going to give my 
I'm going to send my son, a separate person, to die. No, God enrobed himself in flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 Jesus, God was manifest in the flesh, justified the spirit. John 3 and 13, and we're, we're moving quickly. John 3 and 13 shows us that Jesus was all God and all man at the same moment. What I mentioned a moment ago, that Jesus was all God and all man at the same moment. It says, and no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. You explain that to me, except to show, except to understand that he was all God and all man at the self-same moment. Right. No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. In other words, Amen. This this goes to another understanding of who God is. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. He is omnipresent everywhere at the self-same moment. Amen. He is an omnipresent God. Three things that describe God. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent. And he is omnipresent. He is all-powerful, he is all-knowing, and he is everywhere at the self-same moment. That is the God that I serve. Amen. I'm, I don't serve a God, amen, that because I got him locked up in a conference with me, he can't minister to Brother Victor to prayer in Sacramento, and because he's with me, he can't talk to Brother Noah as he's standing by the side of the road, amen, he's, and he's got some stressing situation. No, God is everywhere at the self-same moment. That's the God that I serve. That's the powerful kind of God that he is. And I'm thankful that my God has all power. He has all authority. Amen. He said, as a, he said, well, he was here on the face of the earth. All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. How could he say as a man that all power is given to me in heaven and in earth, except he was all God and all man at the self-same moment? People that will tell you, man, I believe in more than one God. You know what? You're dumber than a devil. Because James 2 and 19 says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. And if you got to, you ought to know your adversary before you fight your adversary. You ought to know what your adversary believes. Your adversary, the one that's trying to take you out so many times, believes that there's one God, and it, it gives him, Amen. He just got to shake in fear because he realizes there's one God. His name is Jesus. He's more powerful than I am. He is the greater I am. He's got all power. I got to ask him for permission to do anything. The devils believe that there's one God. And they're trembling. They're shaking in fear. And I, I, we, I can't possibly exhaust all about the oneness of God tonight. We may make it just a series of studies on Wednesdays where we just talk about the oneness of God. Amen. But there, there's so many verses. Amen. Revelation 4 and 2. You begin to think, well, if, there's, if there really is three gods... Then what does that look like in my mind? In my mind's eye, what does that look like? When I get to heaven, if I make it to heaven. Amen. Revelation 4 and 2 tells us, amen, of John the Revelator. And he says, and immediately I was in the spirit. 
And behold, a throne. Someone say, a throne. throne. Not the thrones. Not three thrones. Not two thrones. A throne, singular. A throne was set in heaven. And just in case you didn't get it, he said, and one sat on that throne. It wasn't a big wide throne where three could share the seat. Where two could share the seat. It It was one throne and one that sat upon the throne. Amen. However you slice and dice the word of God tonight, throughout Scripture you'll find that there's one God. Amen. There's not two gods. There's not three gods. There's not a dozen gods. There's not a million different gods. There's one God. His name is Jesus tonight. I'm so thankful tonight for all that God has done. I'm going to quickly wrap up. Amen. And and let me let me just quickly move to one more thing. Uh, Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 16. Amen. The word of the Lord is powerful. It'll change your life if you let it. Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized went up straightway out of the water. Side note, he came out of the water. He was immersed. Amen. Sprinkling didn't work. Immersion had to do the job. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This scripture here has been used many times to say this this exemplifies perfectly the picture of the Trinity. God the Son, baptized in water. God the Father is a voice from heaven speaking. And God the Holy Ghost is that little dove hanging out on the side. It's almost comical. If it wasn't what people really believed. But this scripture again displays the omnipresent ability of God. God's voice is always speaking in this world. It could have been an hour ago or so, I was in prayer, Brother Victor was in prayer, Brother Paul was in prayer. We all heard from God at the same time. Does that mean because we each one of us heard the voice of God that there's three gods? That could be multiplied and expounded upon. I don't know about you, but I believe that throughout this world today, the voice of God is going out to many different people. God is speaking. He's speaking. He's speaking. At the same time to different people. He's speaking. Because of all those voices, does that mean that there's a million different gods? Does the voice signify a different God? No. It shows the power of of our God to be omnipresent. The power of our God to be omnipotent or all-powerful. God's voice is always speaking. If a separate voice implies a separate God, then there are millions of gods because God is always speaking to men everywhere. But the truth of the matter is that a voice does not indicate a separate person. The voice out of heaven was for the benefit of the people that were there that day. And it was God's way of formally introducing Jesus 
to the Jews as the Son of God. This is found in John chapter 12 and verse number 30. Jesus answered and said, The voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. The voice didn't come because of me. It came so you could hear it and you could identify and say, yes, this is the God that we've been, uh, we've, we've hoped for, we've waited for, we've longed for, we've prayed for. This is the God. We heard the voice from heaven. Remember again that God, which is a spirit and is omnipresent and fills all time and space, that same God could not and did not sacrifice his omnipresence while on earth because that is one of his basic attributes and God doesn't change for anybody he doesn't change for all of time he is the same God he changes not neither is weary the Bible says there is no searching of his understanding amen it's Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever amen he changes not yes And the dove was a type of anointing signifying the start of Christ's earthly ministry. These were signs for the people, amen, to be able to see and understand something is happening. There is a new anointing that's been placed upon him right now. Something's happening in the spirit. And each and every time we come into God's presence, there are signs, there are things that God shows us. And reveals to us, amen, that he's working and that he's going to do something great in your life. And these things, God was speaking, God was showing to the people, I'm getting ready to do something great that this world's never seen before. Keep in mind that this whole experience, this whole experience in Matthew chapter 3, the whole experience was symbolic. Don't, don't get sucked into a vacuum and, and get, be, be, get so into it that you, you forget that this whole experience was symbolic. You say, what do you mean by that? Jesus didn't need to be baptized. He was without sin. It was symbolizing to everybody, this is what you need to do. He was our, he was our perfect uh, example. He was, he was a perfect example saying, I'm going to show you how to do it, Brother Noah. I'm going to show you how to do it, Sister Camarilla. I'm going to model it for you. This is what you need to do. You're going to see some signs. It's going to help you understand that I am, that I am. I am the God of the Old Testament revealed in the moon. It's for you to help. It's to help you to understand that he is God. Jesus' baptism was a means of manifesting himself or making himself known to the Jewish people. It was a starting point in his ministry. It was a public declaration of who he was and what he came to do. It was to take away the sins of the world. He did it for the world to see. I am doing something. I'm beginning a ministry of reconciliation on this earth in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's God come in the flesh to reconcile. Amen. A world back to himself. It is the nature of God to forever reach out and pull back to himself. God has forever extended himself and pulling people back to him. And if we are to be the church, we are to be a church that reaches out and pulls people in. He was our perfect example. Even modern modern scholars do not see the baptism of Jesus as an indication of the Trinity, but as a reference 
to the authoritative anointing of Jesus as Messiah. And the dove doesn't mean that that's, that's the Holy Ghost off here in the distance. These are signs for the people. Just like in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, chapter 3 and verse 2, when Moses saw the theophany of the burning bush and the voice of the fire speaking. Does it mean that God's a burning bush? God can use whatever he wants to to speak to us. If you stand with me tonight, amen, I'm quickly, I'm, I'm coming, I'm closing right now. Amen. The council of Nicaea was something that happened in the year 325 A.D. And it was at the Council of Nicaea where the term Trinity was first developed and brought into existence. It's not in the Bible. The Jewish people have always been a monotheistic people believing in one God, not in three gods. God never changes. You say, well, maybe he developed and maybe, no, he has never changed. Malachi 3 and 6 says, for I am the Lord, I change not. For I am the Lord, I change not. God does not change his substance, his nature, or his essence. He is one. His name is Jesus. The old trick of the enemy is a tactic. A tactic the enemy always uses. Whether it be in a church, whether it be in your mind, whether it be in your family, the old trick of the devil is divide and conquer. And I've come to this realization many years ago in studying about the Godhead and Trinity and, and oneness of God and trying to make sense in my mind. And You know, it's an old trick of the devil, divide and conquer. If I can say, well, there's three gods, then there's really not any God. Because to be a God is to be all-powerful. The foundation of the apostles is minimized and downplayed as the teachings of the Trinity are attempted by the enemy of truth. It's an attempt by the enemy to compartmentalize biblical truths and apostolic doctrine and say, well... There's a Father here and a Son and the Holy Ghost. You open up the gates to polytheism, you don't stop what comes in. There's many religions that they just go on and on and on. Different gods and they make up gods and all of a sudden we're gods and the dogs are gods and everything's a god. God help wants to give you some clarity, some assurance. He is God. He is all powerful. He is one. You can call on him when you say the name Jesus. And where it all comes down to, and the importance of it all, is in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If the enemy can get you to believe there's three gods, he'll have you being baptized in the titles, Fallen and Holy Ghost. But if you can understand what we're talking about tonight, that there's one God, his name is Jesus, you will be baptized in the name of God, which is Jesus. And there's power.
In Jesus' name, can take away sins. There's power to heal any sickness. There's power to bring peace over a troubled mind. There's power to mend the brokenhearted when we pray in Jesus' name. Let's pray tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your power tonight. God, I pray you would give us a love for truth like never before, God. Help us to get it for ourselves. Help us to love it, God. Help us to appreciate it, God. Help us to eat the word as revelation.